The Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Party on, Raleigh, and party on, Kevin. Hey! Dogs of War, Dogs of War podcast. Cleveland Browns. It's the offseason. It's time to talk brown stuff with your excellent co-host, Raleigh. And with him, as always, is equally excellent co-host, Kevin. Browns confirmed, Raleigh. Browns confirmed Kevin. Dogs of War! We're back. We're back. Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. It is April 16th, if you're listening to this on the release date. You got Kevin. And Raleigh. And uh, big news for the Browns this week. We got Clowney, Kevin. We got Clowney. One time we're going to say this, Clowney is a brownie. Now we never say that again. Yeah, that's, uh, we'd be getting cyberbullied left and right if we said it all the time. I put that on the, the Dogs of War Twitter. I said, everyone, say it to yourself in your head right now, and then we never speak of that again. Um, we got an interview. First interview of season three. Great first, pickup, by the way. First interview of preseason three. Very excited. It's our guy Chops. Chops is the deputy editor of Complex Sports. Uh, if you don't know what Complex is, you got you you need to. Um, look, check him out on Instagram, Twitter, uh, pchops underscore. I'll have all his contact info and everything about him. He's a co-host of the Complex Sports podcast in the episode description. A great Browns follow. We talked about everything, Raleigh. I can't think of one thing we didn't cover. I, I feel like I found a new friend in life. Jobs is good people. Good Cleveland boy. Um, we talk about the draft, Clowney, the current team, contracts. We hit everything. And our worthless opinions on what the Browns will do. I changed my mind like eight times. Our non-sports analyst opinions on many things. And yeah, I think I did too. I changed my mind on actually mid-sentence many times, which you all see. Yeah, it's, adult ADHD is real, man. But uh, let's get into the interview. Well, let's go. We now welcome on to the Dogs of War podcast, the deputy editor of Complex Sports, diehard Browns fan. You can see him tweeting up a storm about the Browns all day, every day, which I personally love. Our guy Chops. Chops, welcome to the Dogs of War podcast, and thank you, sir, for joining us. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Big fan. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So you're out in Brooklyn. How are things in this ridiculous day and age is it still a ghost town or are things picking up a little bit uh it's it's picking up i would say it was for like a solid seven eight months you know uh new york took everything very seriously so it was definitely a ghost town and you know you didn't see a lot of people out but i think i think the city's coming back you know i've seen you know people making out outside bars popping so you know people are people are uh you know getting back into the swing of things and then new york lifestyle but once the pda comes out you know shit's getting back exactly let's hope they're all faxed yeah, exactly. So we'll get into the Browns, obviously, but you know, I would love to talk a little bit about your background as a Browns fan. First of all, how did you? Are you from Northeast Ohio? Are you like how were you? Uh, how did you start down this track of being a Browns fan? Yeah, so you know, I grew up east side of uh, Cleveland, uh, Chagrin Falls area. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's just it's, you're born into it. You know, it's like, exactly. It's, it's just like you know, you're a Browns fan and. 
you can't escape them. The, the, the thing that gets me in trouble, and you said, like you said, I tweet about the Browns. It's basically all I tweet about now. You know, I tweet about the Cavs, Indians, whatever. But, you know, the Browns are just so interesting to me right now that, like, there's nothing else that I really want to talk about. But I'm not an Ohio State fan. I didn't go to Ohio State. I went to OU. I'm not an Ohio State fan. So there's like 50% of my followers that just get so pissed off when I tweet like anything bad about Ohio State. So when I talk about being born into it, there's people that are born into being Browns fan and Ohio State fan, which I don't fall into because, you know, I'm just not an Ohio State fan. So it's, uh, but you know, you know, Browns fan, you're, you're with it. You stick with it. We saw this team win literally zero games less than five <laughs> years ago. Like we're in it now. You know, you can't escape it at this point. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. For the bail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The bandwagon's wide open, but anyone already jumped off, you can't come back on. Is now, it, Chops. Is, it, is the bandwagon open? I don't know. If you want to hop on, you know, the more the merrier. But we know who you are, for sure, if you're going to jump on now. <laughs> no, but Chops, it's funny you say that because when I, when I say you tweet up a storm, because I do the same thing, Rod does the same thing. But you being deputy editor of Complex Music, or excuse me, Complex Sports, yeah. um, but also just being involved with Complex, one of the biggest music media conglomerates there is, yeah. I, just, I, 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 la- I laugh at your tweets because, when I, I mean, they're funny tweets, first of all, but because I know, like, like you said, probably half your following are like, you know, non-Browns fans, like hip-hop heads, music junkies, <laughs> well, and they're just seeing all these Browns tweets and like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So that's well, funny for me. I hope it's I hope it's because, it, and I don't know how many people know, but I started working at Complex a long time ago, like 2013, 2014, covering music. Like, I covered music at Complex up until 2017 when I started working on Everyday Struggle with Button. And then I went to Def Jam for a little bit, and I came back and ran Sports of Complex. So my initial Twitter following when I got up over 10,000, whatever, was all, like you're right, all music people. Yeah. And some Cleveland people. You know, I had Cleveland connections and everything. You know, the, the Cavs runs of the early LeBron days and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was mostly a lot of music people, a lot of stuff like that. So my transition into a full-time sports person, you're right. I, I don't know if all those people have just bailed and it's like all Browns fans now or all NFL fans or all sports fans, or if there's still like some stragglers who just like see my timeline every day and they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, I'm like, like this dude used to only tweet about like Drake songs in like 2014. Like where, like what happened? <laughs> so I have no idea if any of those people are still following me. It, it's hard to keep track of. As a, uh, as an Instagram Brown specific meme account, Connoisseur, uh, a social media guy for the Browns. As what well. a specific thing to be to, to have. Uh, this is the niche. I found it. Um, there, there's a lot of followers that I've obtained that are just like, you know what? I'm not really even a Browns fan, but this account kind of makes me a Browns fan. I mean, if you're funny and there's so much natural humor in the past that comes with the Browns, like mm-hmm. I swear, I guarantee you've converted like a solid percentage of those hipsters into Browns fanship. <laughs> like, you know, cause they don't want to be, they don't want to root for the Patriots. They're hipsters. And <laughs> you probably got them into it before it was cool. And now they're on the train, man. So how, how, how many people do you have hit you up on IG and they're like, I don't, I'm, I'm not on Twitter, but I, I, but I found your IG and I see your tweets. Cause I have people who go to my IG where my IG is, I have three posts on my IG and, my my IG stories are usually just our podcast of the week, which it usually isn't Brown specific. I mean, we've had Jarvis on, but it's usually not. But I have people hit me up like, "Oh, I follow you on here. I'm a huge Browns fan, but I, like I don't have a Twitter." And I'm like, "Where where did you come from? How did you like? Where are you finding these people?" 
do you ever throw up like memes? No, or? I never throw up memes. Like, like that's probably how you get everybody is like the meme culture of, of IG is so big. Memes or uh, tweets like put on in like screen capture it on Instagram. It's weird how the algorithm works where it'll, yeah. I mean, similar Twitter, obviously if you go viral, a bunch yeah. of people that don't follow you will see it. Um, you'll see things on Reddit. Uh, maybe that's all. Maybe that's um, maybe maybe that's where it comes from because the Browns Reddit section. I don't know if you guys are hip. Is uh, another wild place. It's. I think it's the greatest community of Browns <laughs> fanhood that there is. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy going on there. I really do. It's like I think they call a fair game. They're they shun the psycho Ohio State fans that will rip anything critical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Said about yeah. it and. They frown upon, like, they don't frown upon, they outlaw, like, self-promotion. You can't just yeah. be on there like, hey, guys, it's me, the Brown-specific meme guy. Check out this <laughs> meme. But you can post a meme, and they'll be like, yeah, that one's sick. I mean, I went on there yesterday, and they were trying to track Clowney's plane. I'm like, we don't need to do yeah, this. Yeah, that's he's, typical. That's I typical. was like, he's clearly signing with the team, guys. Like, we don't need to track any planes. He's You don't take a physical just for fun anymore like it's covid you can't just travel to travel he's signing we don't need to track this plane well but do you frequent the the reddit sub a lot i go on there usually after a win i'll pop in there kind of you know get the because after a win that's why i love social media in in this age of the browns being good (laughs) i just consume i consume everything i want to see every meme every tweet every every Schefter tweet, every Field Yates tweet, all that. So I go in there and I just consume all that positive content because, like we said, the Browns were so bad just such a short time ago, and we're not used to this. So I just want to soak it all in, you know? Absolutely. I would, in defense of the Browns subreddit, there's a lot of smart-ass posts, like, with the tracking, the thing. It's like they're not serious. Well, you never know. They were pretty – there were some serious, I think. But, I mean, it's fun. It's all in fun. I think that's what the beauty of – just Cleveland sports Twitter in general is, I think, you know, it's yeah, fun. it's fun. Sure. So we'll we'll jump into the Browns in a minute. I just want to get one more complex thing out. Yeah, here definitely, well. definitely. Because I've been, I'm a music junkie. I've been following Complex for years. They've always been one of my go-to's for music news, and I just think the writing and uh, the quality there's always been good. I'm not just yeah. trying to kiss ass because you're on the podcast. Thank I, you. I've, I've always loved Complex. So, deputy editor of Complex Sports is a badass mm-hmm. title. Um, can you talk a little bit more about you know when you made the transition over to the sports side of things? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where was it then, and I guess what does it entail being deputy editor of Complex Sports? No, definitely. I think in because the two the like I was gone from Complex for I think not right. even not even a it was like a year. I just really didn't like being at and it was nothing against Def Jam. I just the music industry was a whole nother beast. I didn't really like it. But when I came back, Complex Sports was definitely it's like you know, it was only two people there. Social our social guys, Zion and Adam, who, you know, co host the Complex Sports podcast with me. But it it just wasn't it, it, there wasn't a clear vision. That's nothing against them. It was just it's tough when you have such a small team. So, you know, I just tried to bring in a clear vision about what the channel would be. You know, we did the Baker wide almost immediately because, I, you know, we thought he was going to have a big, big season. Obviously, Freddie Kitchens had something to say about that. But, uh, uh, you know, we it's just, you know, having a clear vision. And, you know, my, my role is just – you know, be able to do cool shit, you know, like identify trends and kind of what's next 
jump on them and, you know, highlight people's voices who might not be highlighted before and, you know, do cool stories. That's, that's kind of what my job is, which is cool. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a good gig. I, I don't have any complaints. And that's awesome. And we were talking about this before we hopped on and started recording, but I was saying, it seems like over the last year, two years, especially since the pandemic, the complex Instagram accounts have just blown up. I mean, it went from, you know, I'd like something, you know, you can see when your friends like something too, you know, it was, I'd be like the only one that I followed or knew that was liking stuff a year or two ago. And then now complex posts something and they get a bazillion likes. I mean, they are, their Instagram account kills it. It's definitely cool when you go on there, like even the sports IG, which has obviously less followers than the main IG, the main IG has got like 9 million. But when you see, lebron like something or you see yeah. like like someone commenting it is very cool because it's like especially on something you did like we've had stuff where like people have like gotten arguments like we had kenny smith on the podcast and over the summer and he he said and it went viral because he said lebron and kobe weren't in his top 10 so you know and so like they we posted on the ig and like there's a whole debate going on in the comments where i think like d wade was in there like a lot of people so it's just cool to see you know, and, and you guys know, you guys are on Instagram, Twitter, like just the community of, of, you know, voices kind of come together and be able to, you know, have spirited debates about sports. You know, that's, that's like what we're all trying to do here. You know, Chops, we've been dying for someone to do something controversial on our show for two years now. Like when we've had this controversial, no, 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 no. I'm saying like we've had, we wanted someone to like one of like the oh. players to say something that'll flash across the bottom of ESPN. Like so, well, so like well, exactly what happened there. That's crazy because we have guys on and we don't even think stuff is controversial. And like Lamar Jackson came on the pod and I hate to say it. He was cool as fuck. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to fucking like him. He, but he was cool as fuck. He was chill. He was like, this is the best interview I've done. But he made, he just made a comment about how, yeah, we overlooked the Titans. This was at, this was in June and coming off when they lost to the Titans, when they yep. were the one seed. And he was like, we just overlooked the Titans. We didn't make a social clip for it. We didn't make anything for it. We didn't think of anything of it. ESPN picked it up. It was literally on the bottom ticker of ESPN. Damn it. Like, like, God, that's so bad. Like, like, like I, I don't know what it is, but like, like, like you said, people love the controversy. And like, yep. we'll have stuff that we don't even think is controversial. And I'll see it on Bleacher Report as a quote. And I'm like, well, that's not good. That People are not going to be happy about that. But, yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's just the day and age that we live in, you know, where people are – it's the aggregation and, you know, you know, and you brought up a good point too. As I totally forgot about is anytime complex posts something on Instagram, you always see like an NBA player commenting oh, every yeah, single sure. time, for every sure. single time. Which I think, is awesome. I think Danny green likes every single complex. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say Danny green or Jeff green. One of the greens is always commenting. Da- on one Danny, of Danny green definitely likes, he, there was one he didn't like, which was about him getting traded. I think from the Lakers. That's I think fair. that's the only, I think that's the only one he didn't like, but yeah, that's no, fair. We, you know, they're, they're definitely in there and it's, it's cool to see. So, gentlemen, now we can dive into our beloved Cleveland Browns news. Obviously, unless you've been living under a rock or living under the 480 bridge, shout out our friends under the 480 bridge, uh, you'll know that we signed Jadavian Clowney officially yesterday to a $8 million contract, $7 million guaranteed with up to $10 million in incentives. Uh, let's break it down. I mean, we're not an analytics podcast or uh, a sports analyst podcast by any means, but um, Chops, we'll start with you. Uh, initial thoughts were you, I mean, obviously I don't think anyone was surprised at this point. We kind of knew it was a done deal for a while now. Um, what are you thinking here? I mean, I think, and I had to tweet this because people love to pull up my old tweets and call me out. So <laughs> during, when free agency started, I was like, I don't really want clowny because I, th- there was other people I wanted, but 
Andrew Barry is much smarter than me, and he knows what he's doing. And when I when when people were talking about edge rushers, we had no idea that Barry was going to be able to sign the best safety on the market in John Johnson the third. We had no idea that he was going to be able to get Troy Hill for pennies, you know. And even when you look at the Clowney deal, you have to love it because the cap is only three point five million, and I don't, I have no idea how the NFL salary cap works. No idea how rollover cap works. People are tweeting about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking Andrew Barry is a genius. And I'm like, I don't fucking know what any of this means. But I do know that he was able to structure these deals in a way that is very smart because we're getting such talented guys and pushing off the money until later. Like four voidable years for Judaism on Clowney. I have no idea what that means. But yeah. But it's only hitting the cap for less than $4 million this year. That has to be good. There can be nothing wrong about that. Yeah, everybody will yell about the zero sacks. Watch his tape. And like you guys said, this is an analytical thing. I'm not an analytics guy. I, I don't crunch all 22 all season, even though I, I do like to watch a little bit. He was getting triple teamed last year. Yep. And, and, they, and he was getting triple teamed. He was, he, you know, he has some issues finishing, I think. He's he's opposite Miles Garrett. There's no downside, I don't think, to this signing. That's that's my thought. Big knock on wood there. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, that makes three of us that have no clue how salary cap works. <laughs> Some guy tried to explain it to me. I was on a plane. He talked for 15 minutes. I'm contrary to what many people think. I am fairly intelligent when it comes to numbers. I could not follow that shit to save my life. So. Field, no. Yates, Field Yates was trying to explain it to me before the before the season or before free agency started in, in DMs, and he was like breaking it down, and I'm like, okay, and I had no idea what he was talking about, like the rollover stuff, no idea. I, you know what I do know? Andrew Barry seems very good at it. He knows what how to do it. So that that's a, that's all we need. That's so, kind of been my prayers for years. Just we don't need. When we were the sinking ship, the one in thirty one, like we don't need any one guy. We just need to figure out a guy that knows how to pick a guy who can manage guys and coach guys. Yep. And then they got us a quarterback that can throw to guys. Um, but does the Clowney signing do anything for your expectations as a fan and as a clearly a sports analyst? I mean, it has to, right? You have to think like, well, I mean, the, the, pro- the problem is, Olivier Vernon wasn't that bad last year. He's actually quite good when you when you you know look at it. You know what do you end up with? 10, 12 sacks, thirteen. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, was it, it was. Someone looked at season. I was watching McAfee yesterday, and he and he said thirteen, and and that seemed off to me. So I don't know if that's the case. So I'm going to blame Pat McAfee for that stat if it's wrong. But I just feel like that's the best. That's the most talented person we've put opposite Miles on the defensive line. Like that's. I just I just can't get over that. Like he's going to be successful. He like the like the P, the the Pro Football Focus numbers say he still has left in the tank, and he's going to be successful. So I think you have to raise the expectations that this is a I don't want to say Super Bowl or bust, but two playoff winning bust. Like I don't know what else to you know. Obviously they want to win a Super Bowl, but yeah. I mean. AFC Championship game or bust? I don't, I'm, you know, I think that's kind of where we are right now. It was refreshing to crave a offseason. Like, when we go into this offseason, we're like, all right, we need to do something about defense. Yes. And apparently, they've done <laughs> smart things around defense. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. We're going to figure out, but 
It looks yeah. like the smart thing to do. And yeah. they also, he's got, he's known for being great against stopping the run, which yes, I mean, yes. we could use our linebackers need all the help they can get. <laughs> um, but it's like, we can I feel like we're stacked. How, how, how many players listen to this podcast? Do we know? Um, I like to think that Baker would, if Emily does, but not, I know Baker's in-laws do his parents. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean to anybody, but like, no. There's a linebacker on the Browns who seems like he keeps tweeting, and I'm like, I don't know if you're going to be here when the season starts. I think we can all figure uh, out. Yeah, I think no, we can all figure yeah, out. No, we're talk- yeah, there's some, controversy. there's some controversy on Twitter right now um, about a certain photo he posted today. Um, oh, I didn't even see that. Everyone, everyone in the comments are accusing him of Photoshopping it. Um, so really? you guys get a, yeah, afterwards, you guys check it out. I, I, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. I just saw it before we hopped on the mic. It was blowing up on Twitter. Um, I don't want to we are big mean. fans of him on this. I'm a big fan of him just because okay. I appreciate his okay. effort. But but I, I'm with you 100% on, and I said this off mic, and I think maybe even on this podcast, you know, I hope he gets out of training camp, but I, I don't know. You guys wanted know. something controversial, so maybe that's it. Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah. well, that's a, when you have a, a neutral uh, sports show, you can do controversy, whatever. It's like, well, you know, the universe equals I know, this is a Browns out, podcast. But it's like we're on a Browns, we're like, well – what does controversy mean? I mean, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I felt weird because, and this is totally off. We had Andre Drummond on our pod. God damn. Be, before the season started. All these flexes. You I'm, I'm flexing. I'm not yeah, trying to right. flex. I'm not trying to flex. No, we welcome but, it. We welcome but it. But he, he followed me afterwards and I felt very awkward trying to talk about the Cavs in that situation. Yeah. After that, because it got very weird and it's clear it wasn't working and I didn't like, you know, so I would like sometimes tweet just his number, just hoping he wouldn't like see it, you know? Like yep. just, I would just be like, <laughs> I don't know if number three wants to be here. So I, you know, trying like so yeah. Whenever I talk about Browns players, I actually only tweet their numbers. No, the the only like thing that. that can get me like legitimately upset about a player is if they're if they clearly have no interest in being on the team. Like if they're yeah. putting out and they're busting their asses. Like there's no person in the NFL. Well, there's probably some that like. People say, oh, they just collect their paycheck and they don't care. It's like, well, first off, they're getting tossed around by gladiators every yeah. Sunday. And then they, when they practice, they get manhandled by gladiators. And it's like, you don't know what it's like. Well, that's, like. that's why I think, like, I probably tweeted about Sandejo more than anybody because he <laughs> last year. But I don't think anybody would question his effort or his determination to try and help the Browns win. He just, he's probably a little over the hill, a little older. You know, he couldn't. He couldn't do it, you know, which is fine. He, he, the Browns didn't plan for him to be in that role. Grant Delpit towards Achilles, sadly, two weeks into the, into training camp, you know. So it's like I do I do get and I have nothing against you know the person we talked about. He does try hard. You guys are right. I just I think it's ironic that I just the way this is shaking out as we go to the draft. I just I don't know if he's going to be here. That's the only thing. <laughs> Well, let's shift around there. So we got the draft coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah. I think two weeks from today. I will, be, I will be there. I don't know if anybody other Browns, obviously other Browns fans will be there. But we're we're signed up for Saturday's events. We got to figure that cool. out. Um, cool. But yeah, I just I want I I'm vaxxed. I want to go kick a field goal or at least try to <laughs> break my leg kicking a field goal. So let's jump into the draft. I mean, we're gonna go mm-hmm. all over the place here. So this is the first time in my, I think my lifetime uh, that. All signs are pointing to maybe we're going to take the best available player for the first time ever. A lot of people are also saying maybe trading up to get a, the best cornerback. Um, yeah. 
But because of the offseason we've had, there's a lot of interesting, intriguing options for us here. Charles, have you put much thought into the draft? I mean, do you care a lot about it? I, it's safe to say. I, honestly, I really don't. Um, really? Why? Well, I, I do, but I don't. Cause, because I, for the first time ever, we don't have to worry about this offseason. Uh, we don't have to worry about getting a new coach and or mm-hmm. uh, QB and or GM. We got the yeah. whole trinity for once. Um, <laughs> we have depth in places we never had depth. So I shouldn't say I don't care about the draft. Um, I guess I should say I'm not going to be totally upset with whatever position they go with. So I think, see, I I have put a lot of thought on the draft. I've talked about a lot. I think it's going to be edge or DB, whoever's available. But the thing is, we have no idea how this is going to fall because we have no, we're 26. So who knows? Like, 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 who knows what's going to happen? But my, I just keep thinking if Barry's guys there, and, and this would set Brown's Twitter and social media on fire, wide receiver at 26. Because if they take a wide receiver at 26, we all know what it means. 13, yep. 13 or 80, probably 13 on the way out the door, you know? That so I, I would say I, I, I would lead like Greg Newsom, I love, uh, Horn. Who is probably going to be way gone? But he's I, he, like, if Barry could figure out a way to get him, one of the Miami Edge guys, maybe. But the thing is, we just don't know who's going to be there. But if they go wide receiver twenty six, we're getting a peek into what Andrew Barry is kind of thinking. You know, I true. I my thoughts on the draft. Mock drafts, I think, are the most ridiculous things in the world. Well, like, this has think, been the most unagreed upon draft I've ever seen in I, my life. I don't no think, one can figure it out. I don't think people realize that, like, the main guys who do mock drafts, they do favors for agents. They they do they do favors for agents to put guys in places that they don't fully probably feel. And I'm not saying a lot of guys do it, but there's there's some back scratching happening. So I think, and I tweeted about this today because. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Jamin Davis, every every mock now has him going to the Browns. This feels like a classic agent push to me because this guy has come out of nowhere from they're talking day two, day three guy to the first round guy. This feels like a classic agent push to me, you know? So it's like, I don't, and, and I think fans don't realize that because you guys are right. Mock drafts are all over the place this year. Nobody knows what's going on, you know? So it's like, but I don't, I think fans are just like, this is what they're hearing. And they don't realize that there's sometimes pushes from people who are very invested in, in how this can kind of go. It's like, I mean, the top 10, I feel like mock draft should be capped at literally only the top 10. Just yeah. because beyond that, it's like those teams, they have their most glaring needs and they yeah. have, and there's a clear pool of who's going to fill those needs or who they perceive will. Yeah. But it's like with the 26 overall pick, we're not getting, I mean, he could be the greatest linebacker of all time, but as everybody else grades it it's going to be the third best linebacker or the second best receiver who knows but i'm hoping i I think they're going to go best player available at those positions what if it's a wide receiver you guys have both said best player available what if the best player on their board is a wide receiver best player available as it what if what, what if terrence marshall is right there at 26 and the ravens are right behind you and they want him and he's the best player available i just think I, Barry is an analytical guy. Him and Depot are. I just i i wouldn't i wouldn't rule it out. That's all I'm saying. And I wouldn't rule out a trade up. And I don't I rule it rule out. A, and I wouldn't rule up a trade back. Obviously, we we think they could trade back. That's in their mo. But I wouldn't rule out a trade up either. They have nine draft picks. 
They're not adding nine rookies to this this no, Not at all. No you way. You can't do it. It's, not bringing nine rookies to camp. It. No. No. No, I think I, I'm sorry. You guys look freaked out right now. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm thinking if we trade up, I think we're trading up to get a cornerback. Horn, that, that's Horn or Newsom. I think would be the trade up targets. Yeah, yeah. I I'm trying to think of how I'd feel about receiver. I mean, it would clear up. Well, sh- we just talked about how we had no idea how cap space and everything works. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if that would. Well, I do know that Jarvis and Odell both have like no money owed. That's why everybody. That's where the speculation would come from. They like they are. There's no more ties to them after this season. After oh. the season, next season is going to be a little. Off season is going to be interesting. Next off season, yeah, so it is. It is. Um, and so real quick, speaking of Barry, uh, this is from Spotrack on Twitter. So Clowney's contract, like I said, eight million base, seven million fully guaranteed, four void years. Yeah. Uh, the 2021 cap hit, like you already said, three point eight million. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the kicker, and I'm going to lead into a question with this. Cleveland adds Clowney. JJ the third, Troy Hill, Malik Jackson, Tock McKinley at less than fifteen million dollars of our twenty twenty one cap. Is A B already the exec of the year? Or I mean, who can make a better case right now for it? I mean, you have to see it play out because like we don't know. I know, I know. Happen. We're just I, trying to be facetious here for once in our lives, you know? I feel like people are gonna be like thirsty to give it to Belichick because like for the first time in history, a team spent all this money in free agency and they didn't get clowned on. On, on on social media, every other team that spends big in free agency in the NFL, they're like, "What are you doing? This isn't how you build an NFL team." Bill Belichick does it, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, he just he just invented team building in the NFL." You know, so it's like I feel like people are going to want to give it to Belichick if the Patriots somehow bounce back. I'm I'm skeptical because I just I like I love Cam. I don't know if Cam can do it. I think Barry's right there, but again, if Stafford. If Stafford is is the man in LA, they'll less need could be very you know say Wentz bounces back they'll you know people love I saw Ballard got Chris Ballard got like voted best GM like best drafting GM on NFL.com earlier today his best pick has been a guard no no offense to anybody but his best pick has been an offensive guard that's like you know so I I would love for Andrew Barry to get that kind of recognition I think he would probably be like. Let's go win some football games. Yeah, and it's also, you know, you look at Barry and what he's done so far. I mean, you have to just keep trusting him because he hasn't messed up yet, knock on wood. But, you know, yeah, like the other week, the other week they, you know, wish him a happy birthday. And I'm like, oh, he's got to be, you know, late 30s. No, he's like a year older than me. He's like 34. I'm like, God damn. He's so young. Yeah, it's, it's like embarrassing. I like looking at how old he is and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this, <laughs> like this I knew guy. I should have went to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Played football at Harvard. And yeah. I mean, hey, so, yeah. No, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, finish that thought. I was going to go somewhere else. I know. I just, it's just incredible that he left the Browns. They didn't hire Stefanski. And then he wanted Stefanski. And then it all came back and worked out. That's so rare. And, and when you add the Browns, Juju, and Karma onto it, it's even more rare. But the, they, they somehow got it back together. And it's, it's, it's a really great feeling because Stefanski, Barry, and it looks like DePodesta, it looks like they have a good. You know, situation system set up. Do you think, and there's been a lot of talk about this the last few weeks, this free agency, that if this works, they're saying that this is going to shift and, and shake up a lot of front offices and how they do things. Because obviously Barry and Depot are much more of the contemporary analytics, not the the, the old boys way of doing things. Um is what Belichick's doing, is that maybe one of the first dominoes to fall? Do you see other teams going in this direction and kind of getting away from the old school style of how they pick, draft, sign players? Or not yet? 
I mean, I actually, I, I was listening to Warren Sharp talk. I don't know if you guys listen to Warren Sharp. Very, he's very smart on talking about this. Yes. He, was kind of, he was talking about the value of NFL draft picks, and I don't think it's shifted fully yet, but I think you can kind of see a shift. But the thing about the NFL is you're always going to have that old guard. Even yep. when the Browns hired Barry and Stefanski, I think Ron Wolf, who's probably mad that his son got fired in the process of that happening, <laughs> yeah. was like, this isn't going to work. The analytics in football, like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And like, like you need you need to have football guys, whatever. And it's like, it has to be both. Like every it, every everybody who talks about the NFL in this way, it, it's it's extremes on both sides. It's not like they don't have any football guys in the Browns front office. Andrew Barry played football. Kevin mm-hmm. Stefanski played football. It's not like they're just a bunch of like number crunchers, and that's how people like like to think of them. And you don't need just full football guys. Like, I mean, not to take shots, but Dan Campbell, full football guy. Hilarious, very entertaining. The new coach <laughs> of the Lions, John Dorsey, over there. That's fine, but you need like a mix, and I think, I think people just don't want to. I think pundits and people who talk about this don't want to say you need a balance because then what are you going to scream about? Because people love screaming about analytics; it's one of their favorite mm-hmm. things. If you just admit that, hey, the Browns have a mix of football people and a mix of analytical people, and they and they're just thoughtful in the process and in using data. There's nothing to scream about there. There's nothing for the Tony Grossies of the world to scream about if that's the case. <laughs> and you made a good point there. You always got to be kind of the little best of both worlds because it didn't work yeah. when you got Dorsey. I mean, that's why Dorsey and Depot. I mean, that's 100%. I mean, I mean, that's just a power type thing. Like when you have egos and power True. playing into it, and nothing will work. You could have this, the, the, the bet, you know, like that's just not going to happen. So it's just like people are going to argue, you know, we live in the age of social media where. It's people are going to argue about everything. So no one's going to admit that, hey, this one way is the way to do it. Even, exactly. You know, so, I mean, it will just continue. We talked. Sorry, Raleigh, you got something? No, it just seems like, and I'm saying this because it's something that I've always been a, what do you call it, a fan of. But I think Barry values the importance of certain positions over any like name or any like just look at our O line. Yeah. Like, finally, the dude realizes we have a guy realizes that if that O line isn't functioning, then nothing else will function. Well, and this is going to get very interesting with the Nick Chubb situation. And I think Browns fans are trying not to think about it because we all love Nick Chubb. We all do. Mm-hmm. But it's going like you can tell when Teller's out, <laughs> he's a different animal. He's, he, well, no, yeah, definitely. But I'm I'm talking about the contract situation. Yeah, Nick, oh, Chubb, sure. Nick Chubb's about to be a free agent, and as you said, Barry, he 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 appreciates different positions. We don't know, but Barry, the thing about Barry is he does things a little bit differently. He's not full on Sashi when it comes to positional value, but he still has positional value, and we're going to learn a lot about when Nick Chubb when that situation. I think. They're in a place of strength because you can franchise them twice if you want to. And, like, this is crazy. The Browns have ne- – I don't think we've ever franchise-tagged anybody. We've, we've never, never had, no, we we've never had a discussion. Not even a discussion thing. to do it. Yeah. yeah. We, we just started getting guys to their second contracts. Exactly. <laughs> Miles is, like, the first first-round pick in forever to get a second contract. <laughs> so, so we so got like, we got Ward. We got Baker. Chubb. Baker. Who do we yeah. sign – who do we uh, back the truck up to first? Uh, then – Add Teller in that because he's Teller. Teller's going to have to get paid. Yeah. That's next season, though. I think. Right? I, I, if if I was going through it, I would guess, and I have no idea. I would guess Baker bets on himself and is like, 
let me play this out and I'm going to get even more money because he believes in himself. We all yep. know Baker does not lack confidence. And I think the t- team's like, okay, we'll pick up the fifth year option and they're good with that. I could I could see that happening. I could also see a deal right before training camp. I think the guy you lock up first is Denzel Ward because I think that's the easiest one to get done. Mm-hmm. It's a corner contract. You can probably get him a little under market value because he's had some injury issues. He's not like injury riddled. I think that, I think you wait on Nick Chubb. Unless Nick Chubb is like, I will take a team-friendly deal like the Kareem Hunt one, like yeah. that is so team-friendly that you don't have to worry about it. I think you do it, but I think other than that, you wait on Nick Chubb and you have the franchise. You got two franchise tags in your back pocket with that, you know. And like you said, Teller, I would, I would try and extend Teller immediately. I would literally try and get Teller locked up so that you have that O line for another two years at least. Outside of Baker, I would personally value him highest on that need war wards up there ward is up there for me though teller's number one because he came on the podcast after after baker of course so (laughs) yep um my thing about my real quick my thing about it is and this is why i think they'll end up going with corner at 26 or around there after watching the chiefs and the bills and all those teams play and how you win in the nfl you need so many dbs and that was such a weakness last year through injury covid whatever Speed. You need speed on the outside, and you in like and Barry's trying to address it, but you know we we need more. I think you always need more, and that's that positional value. I think Barry knows that you need to have a strong secondary because I think that's why he doesn't fully value linebackers, and people get mad about it. But if you guys, if you have the secondary covered, and you have Miles and Clowney up front. How much do you need a linebacker? Because if, if guys are covered and you give them an opportunity to get to the get to the quarterback, you should be fine. You know, so I I think it's interesting. I do agree with you guys on Teller though. I think Teller is a massively important piece of this game. First time in ye, I don't even know how long. I think it was the Washington when they were the Redskins years ago. Uh, first time there's been two number one overall picks in that same D line. And That's crazy. I know That's they were crazy. saying they were saying on ESPN. Um, I forget whose show it was this morning. They're saying normally when you see two number one draft picks together, it's because one of them isn't having a, a number one draft pick type career. I don't see yeah. that with with, with Jadavian. I mean, yeah, he's not, you know, he's not Miles, he's not Andrew Donald, he's not, you know, Khalil Mack, but I think he's just a situational guy. And the situation he's coming into, you know, having Miles next to him, um, yeah. you know, he's great against the run. And everyone keeps saying they had Steve Spurrier on Cleveland Radio this morning to talk about him. You know, he's the number the one old ball coach. Oh yeah, yeah. They had uh, you know he's the number one number one kid in his in his high school class nationally. Yeah. Like, you know, when he got number one overall yeah. draft pick. And what everyone keeps saying on whether it's it's Spurrier or ESP anyone else, they say the same word and disrupt. He disrupts yeah. the offense. Because yeah. no one knows what to do, and uh, like you, like he was getting double teamed just as much as Miles last year. You know, he didn't really play half the okay. season, so you can't do that for both those guys. So it's going to be something. It's going to be a lot and of fun. Another I, thing about Clowney is, and my bad, Raleigh, my, my uh, bad, real quick. I'm think. Oh, you go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. I'm changing my mind. And t- I think they are for sure going to go defensive line in this draft because at 26. At 26, if the talent is there. Interior or, or edge? What, which one are you thinking? Um, the best of the two, and I don't think like the best player of the two if both yeah. are there. Because Clowney, he is older, and injuries are such a crapshoot in the NFL. And beyond uh, Clowney and Garrett, which they're phenomenal, by the way, but guys rotate in and out. I, I think they have high, they. I know for a fact this team has high hopes for Tack McKinley. I know yeah. he. And so does I know he. he 
Yeah, yeah, he does too. But I know he kind of fizzled out in Atlanta, but he got he he was just dis- disruptive. That's the word of the podcast. He hit Russell Russell Wilson six times in their first game last year, and then he got hurt. So I think that they have high hopes. And the thing about Clowney that I don't think people realize because because normal football fans they don't think the guys can move around the defense line. Clowney can play inside. He can play interior, and you can play Tack and Miles on the outside. Maybe put Sheldon in there. Uh, uh, Billings coming. Billings coming back. Like I think they, I think Joe Woods just has so many options on the defense, and it's so versatile now. Because think about it: you got Delpit, Johnson, Harrison. They're going to play three safeties. That's why people shouldn't worry about linebacker. Yep. Delpit, Delpit is going is going to play like a rover type, be everywhere type guy. Granted, he's healthy. He looks really healthy in his IG videos. Yep. So I, I think. I think we're just going to be able to see such a versatile dif- defense where guys are able to do a lot of things and that they just couldn't do last year because they didn't have the personnel because of injuries. And like you said, Raleigh, injuries are a crapshoot. We kn- we don't know. This is all on paper sounding good, but it could be disrupted in a heartbeat because it's the NFL. If Delpit and Greedy are just like B-minus grade players and yeah. everyone stays healthy, knock on wood, we got depth out the wazoo yeah. back there for enough for a very, very uh, on rookie deals. I mean, yeah. so that's going to be something special. I, I'm excited. Like you said, I can't wait to see what it's going to look like. You know, you said, you know, moving Jadavian around uh, Spurrier said this morning, I forgot. I mean, he runs like a four or five, like obviously he's, he's yeah. just a fast, he's an absolute beast. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see what he brings. Now, Chops, you brought this up earlier. I wanted to go back to it, and Raleigh, hopefully we don't have to talk about this many more times ever on this podcast, but um, ESPN is still making 13, their clickbait, their talk bait every day. They're saying the Browns are listening to offers. I think the Browns pick my, up I, a call for I, anybody. I will say my uh, Diana said that the other day. I do like Diana a lot. She is great. She loves Browns fans. She loves the Browns. She doesn't love the Browns, but she loves Browns fans. Yeah, I did. I did see her report about that, though. So, yeah, so, and, but again, at the same time, yeah, I'm not saying it's not true, but I mean, the Browns are going to listen to a, a call for anybody unless you're, you know, six or, or miles. Um, so I guess the question is, all this being said and all these rumors flying around, do we see 13 in a Browns jersey week one this year? Yeah, I think so. And like I said, like you said, I hope we don't have to think about it. But the only situation if we don't is if they have a guy that they really love who's there at 26 that like, that like somehow fell. And I don't think it's Bateman. Everybody loves Bateman right now, but here's the thing. I'm not trusting any of these 40 times at these pro days. Somehow every single person is running yeah. a four, three at every yep. single, like everybody's running the same four, three 40 at all of these pro days. I, I don't think you can trust them <laughs> because not everybody is running a four, three. It just doesn't work like that. But I, I, I think I would put, if I had to put percentages on the draft, I would say, 60% cornerback, 40% D-line. No. I see I'm bad at math. fifty five it was 100. F- no, 55% cornerback, whatever, 40% uh, D-line, 5% wide. No, that's probably too high for wide receiver. Very slim chance wide receiver, but I think you could see it happen. I'm with which you. Impact, which impacts Odell. I mean, if, if they do, if they take wide receiver twenty six, Odell's gone. Like they have a trade for him, or yeah, they have a trade for him. That's that's what that means. I think. Do you fall into the camp of believers, and it's okay if you do? Um, I know we all go back and forth all the time on this. That it, OD or Odell out there is just 
a lot of pressure on Baker, and he feels like he has to make him the, the target all the time, and that's why they just haven't had that much chemistry yet. I don't, I don't know enough about football to be. I have no it's idea. Insane. It's weird. Same. It's it's weird. But they always say that, it, and it's weird. I'd love to hear both of their unfiltered thoughts on it. We would never hear yeah. that, obviously. I would love to hear both of them, but I think I don't know. I. I think Odell is supremely talented. I think in the Kansas City game, you saw where he could help. Yes. Because we need speed yes. at wide receiver. Jarvis is great. Jarvis will catch everything. Higgins will make big plays in the clutch when he doesn't get hit in the helmet illegally by uh, Dirty Facts. Dan. Facts. Dirty Dan, who Facts. everybody celebrated getting signed back to Kansas City. I actually, real quick, I I was at the Masters this past week. I know. Don't yell at me. I'm sorry. God, you're cool. I was at the Masters, and – one of the nights we were just in Kelsey and Mahomes showed up to did the little like function we were at. And like the first thing I said, cause I'd met, we've had Travis on the pod. First thing I said to him, was, Cleveland boy, Cleveland boy. Exactly. So, you know, very yeah. cordial and everything. I don't yep. I have nothing against Travis Kelsey. You know, no way. He, he, he runs for the city. Uh, first thing I said, I was like, you know, that was a dirty hit. Like, let's just, let's just keep it a hundred. Keep it a buck. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. just keep it on. But I think we saw they need speed at wide receiver. They're taking a wide receiver at some point in this draft, third round, fourth round, Low percentage, maybe first round, but they're taking a wide receiver because you need more speed at this position. We couldn't blow the top off in that Kansas City game. And that's what you people couldn't. are saying. Oh, we don't have OBJ. There's not enough chemistry. But then you look at the Kansas City game, you say, all right, tell me how he wouldn't have helped us here. And they can't say a word. I understand exactly. that Bacon and Hollywood have great chemistry. And that's incredible. Yeah. They're always going to have that chemistry. But yeah. Odell, and I love when, when reporters, when Barry gave his like postseason State of the Union, yeah. someone asked him about OBJ for the thousandth time, and he goes, I'm going to make this very clear right now. Um, I'm not answering any more questions about <laughs> Odell Beckham. He yeah. is Odell Beckham. He's one of the, and I'm now paraphrasing, he's one of the best athletes on the planet. Yeah. Uh, you don't trade a guy like that um, unless it's something – supreme so i think i'm with you guys i i would bet the house he's here week one um because yeah. at the very at the very least um or the worst case they're gonna let him ride until that uh halloween trade deadline and see what happens <laughs> I, I do think it'll be a short leash um well that's the thing what happens what happens if they start slow with him back in the line of week one what do you so we were talking about that is who's a scapegoat if we come out like it's, one and two. I mean, everybody would blame Odell because they've seen Baker do it without him, sadly. And I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, like I said, I don't know enough about football to know why this same hasn't worked. And I don't want to blame anybody, but if they and we won't know the schedule for another month because the NFL loves to just drag shit out and just steal weeks. It's killing me of our year. They like, like they're already saying like second week of May. I have a sneaking suspicion week one Kansas City Sunday Night Football, but we'll we'll see. But if it if they start slow, Odell and Baker, it's going to be a thing. Even if they're winning, it's going to be a thing. They're going to get asked about it. It's going to be a thing. So I, I, I don't know. Only they know how to fix it, and only Barry knows how much of a leash he can put on it. But like, I, I would imagine it would be short, yes. Hey, you don't have to answer this. You can say uh, none of your business. But who uh, who's the most famous person on your cell phone, would you say? <laughs> I can't answer that. I can't. Damn it! I can't answer that. Uh, it was someone who I mentioned on this podcast. How about that? Uh, LeBron? Okay. No, no, I didn't. I, did I mention LeBron on this podcast? You mentioned LeBron. And, uh, you're talking. Yeah, you mentioned you're, half I, the NBA. No, I didn't. And we're talking. We're talking music, right? That uh, maybe. 
I know you're talking about. All right, cool. I was I was gonna guess that, but all right. Um cool. I, I hope someday I can flex on someone like that who asked me that question and I can say it's someone more than like my mom. No, um, will, will any of those people pick up my no, that's a totally different story. No. The the, the phone the phone's not getting Well here's another up. question. For someone that for someone that deals with the the people that you deal with, like you're always interviewing athletes, celebs, musicians. Yeah. Don't these I mean you can have all these numbers, but don't these guys and gals change their numbers like every week? Like how does that yeah, probably, is that a, I imagine. I imagine they have like five phones, and it's like that's you fair. Know, like this is like the public one. This is the private one. This is the one I just use for IG. This is the one I just use for Twitter. I would imagine that they, you know, go that route. That's fair. Last, possibly last, Browns specific question: uh, Who do you see of guys that were on the team last year? Uh-huh. Where do you expect a breakout year? Can. Saying Delpit doesn't—that's cheating. I'm not going to say Delpit. That's cheating because I think yeah. he's going to. I, I think he. I will say I think he's going to be very good from day one. I think Delpit's going to be very good. Breakout. Who was on the team last year? Who didn't? Jacob Phillips. Easy. Jacob. I'll go with another LSU guy. I think Jacob Phillips Ooh. is going to be primed, and I think we saw flashes of, at the end of the year. At the end of the year, man, he had one tackle against the Steelers where we haven't seen one of our linebackers move like that in a while. I, I think Jacob Phillips. I think they're only going to run two linebackers a lot. I think it's going to be Walker and Phillips a lot. And I think Jacob Phillips is going to it's going to have a real opportunity. Didn't Taki Taki have like two pick sixes? Or he had one. He had one and that was great. That was great. I mean Carson Wentz threw a lot of pick sixes this year. I'm not yeah. taking any I'm not no shade. And he had a pick against in the Steelers. I think Taki Taki will play, but I think Joe Woods wants to play a uh what 4-2-5. I think that's what they want to do. Where it's four up front, two linebackers, and then it, and then the three safety. Three safeties, yeah. I, and they're set up for it. Like I, I don't think people realized that until they signed Johnson. Because who? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys realize it, but I don't. I wasn't looking for them to sign a safety as their first big move in free agency. Everybody thought edge. You know, everybody. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I was. I was thinking safety. I didn't know who was available oh, or the numbers. <laughs> but I mean, that was. That, that was our biggest hole last year. We went yeah. from pretty much Ronnie Harrison and, you know, Sandehu, nothing against him. Nothing against him. To now, okay, you have depth back there, and you can you play around a little bit more, which makes me think they are going to focus on the front four in yeah. the draft early I think, on. I just – can you trust – and I'm happy he's coming back, but can you trust Grady to be the be your number two guy outside? I know, um, I know, I know. Troy Hill can bounce outside, but Troy Hill is significantly better. Every Rams fan I talk to, you want Troy Hill playing in the in the slot. You JJ don't want and Troy were their top two secondary players on the best defense. We got them both. Yeah, but you want they 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 all told me you want Troy playing in the in the nickel position. He's very good there. I don't. Can we trust Greedy as number two? I don't know. Guys, I don't, I, know I don't even question. know what I don't even know what Greedy looks like anymore. I swear. I mean, seriously. I, I'm not trying. What, the best ability is availability, and I haven't seen him in like two years. So I don't even know. I, I have high hopes. He's a stud. I know that. Um, it's a for, tough one, Raleigh. Like, you can never have too much depth at either of those. Positions. No, no way. Yeah. D line or. Uh, but you guys, but you, again, you guys are right. Can you fully count on Clowney to be the guy opposite Miles all season? Like that's like this. But Andrew Barry gets paid a lot of money to figure these things out. Oh, one more thing that you said uh, about uh, Tack when he his opening press conference, he said that what you just brought up, Chops, is when you said he had like six hits against Russ. He, he told the, he told the room. Um, he, he said, "Look, I know that you know everyone puts a lot of weight into sacks." 
and whatnot. He goes, it's crazy. look at my game. He goes, look at my look at my game against Seattle. I hit Russ six times. He goes, I get there. Like I'm gonna do things we, out here. We we've had Matthew Judon, and I'm, I, I hate to keep dropping it, but he, <laughs> okay, oh, I love it. I love it. I love we it. We had him on. We've had him on twice now, and he's like, he's like, f- like average fans just look at sacks as a way to grade a defensive lineman. That's not how you grade. You have to actually look at the film and look at pressures and look at how many times they're getting double blocked. And he's like, he's like, my sacks dropped, but. Look how close I got so many times, and that's a, that's with Clowney. And you and when you say this, people are like, "Oh, like you're just making excuses." No, the fact is, Clowney got very close to getting a lot of sacks last year in the eight games he played. He didn't get any. Okay, and, you, and then you force dumb throws, and that's where you need a sick cornerback core. So they're going to go cornerback in the draft, dude. I changed my mind again. Charles, oh, we're, we're just going back and yeah, forth yeah. on what they're going to do. Now, Charles, before we wrap up and let you get back on with your life, or I know already, we told you <laughs> half off. This is great. I, I will talk Browns. 24-7 if I could. So will we, yeah. Uh, you know, the same thing with quarterback, though. You know, people, because of fantasy wanna, football. Be- you guys want to draft a quarterback at 26 now? At Raleigh, is that where you're going? No, no, no. no. <laughs> shoot, shoot me in the head. No, but I'm <laughs> saying with, with now, nowadays, nowadays with fantasy football, with ESPN, mm-hmm. with Instagram, with Twitter, mm-hmm. people think that unless you're Patty Mahomes doing backflips and throwing the ball, that you're a bust of a quarterback. And that also just drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> Like yeah. we look at Bakes numbers, the second half of last year, it, that stuff drives me insane. So yeah, there's a lot of the armchair quarterbacks, which we are for the most part on this podcast, but we also are realists. Uh, there's a lot of unfair evaluations that just you know the armchair quarterbacks don't know. People don't realize how much coaching matters in the NFL. It matters so much more than any other professional sport. Yep, and continuity. Like it's crazy. The Baker had four head coaches and how many off, on <laughs> six months? It was two point. It was two point three years. Two point three years. Four head coaches. What five offensive coordinators? Four offensive whatever it was. Yep. That's not a recipe for success. That is not how it works. Ignore Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers and winning the Super Bowl. That is not how the NFL is built. Our turn to name drop when we had Wyatt Teller stuck on this podcast. We're reusing. We're reusing a name drop. Um. They're actually stuck on their honeymoon. Their flight got canceled due to like a volcano or something. That's actually yeah, true. Stuck. I'm sure he's real. Yeah, I'm sure they're having a <laughs> terrible time. They said they're like, we want to get out of here, but okay. it's, it's also sick, but yeah. whatever. Um, we were asking him about like lineman coaching, like what goes into yeah. what you guys do. He's like, the playbook that we have to memorize of all the different audibles, it's like that thick. And I'm like, okay, that's just for alignment. Like, what about the quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. I don't think people realize, like, Blake Hance coming into a playoff game and being able to hold his own, that's a testament to the Browns coaching staff. Yep. That's not just – you don't just get lucky that a guy can come in off the street and be able to pick it up. The Brown Bill Callahan coached him up. Like, the, Bill Callahan coaches these guys up. And, the, and the Browns bringing every coach back in the same system, that's remarkable. That We've never had this. We've never had this. It's mm. And, like, I know we're all – everybody's all excited about the defense. The off, I'm looking for the offense to take a big step next year. They were very uh, good last year. I'm looking for them to take a big step this year. Raleigh, my answer to your question about, pardon me, the breakout player, um, some people might laugh at this one. I'm going to Joku. I think he he looks focused. He seems focused. He seems unless he's focused. blowing smoke because he wants to still you know be a good trade candidate. Uh, that guy is locked in right my now. Hot, my hot take is he's he's the best tight end on the roster. 
I told him uh, I met him once. I told him that our body. We're, we're trying. To, we got to cut that shit. We're trying to get Hooper on this goddamn shit. Okay, to cut that out. Cut that. Out. <laughs> cut that out. I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I met him. It. I met him once, and I told him that I think our bodies are identical. And he <laughs> laughed. He laughed in not. He laughed in my face, like at me. Like, why are you even looking at me right now? So that's my flex. It's not a good flex, but still flex. Um, he's guys, a good, he's a good breakout candidate. I think. I. <sighs> Can Odell be a breakout candidate? Can we? Can, Ooh, like, like, what if Odell just puts that's up? A good one. What if Odell puts up two thousand yards and ten touchdowns? That's a breakout. Like that's Odell. You know, I think. What if it just clicks? And I think there's a good chance of it because continuity. Kevin Stefanski, another year in the system. Baker being more comfortable. Like we don't know that Baker would have not still taken off in the second half of the season if Odell was playing. Baker took off in the second half of the season because they weren't playing in hurricane force winds for three straight games. He was more comfortable with the system, and and they just it's, things started to click. We don't know that Odell would have stopped that, so maybe Odell breaks out. But and, I don't, I, I don't think it's real for like what you said, uh, an absurd year like that. Like, do you know the last time a a receiver has gone absolutely went absolutely nuts on everyone, and he was on actually a good football team? Very, it's very, it is very rare. It might not uh, be the best the, thing for us. The Steelers guy, because I mean, they're going to start. Guarding Odell, I want the quarterback that will spread the ball around. No, hundred percent. I think that this may be off air, or like we may be in bonus time now. But I personally think that wide receiver is the most overrated position in the league because there's four other ones on the field, and you can spread them around. They're all professionals. Yeah, but I don't. Other than Jarvis. That contract, I love that contract because yeah. I, I'd, I'd give him like sixty percent, sixty percent of the credit for helping turn around the yeah, locker room he did. culture. He, he did, but they just like the best offenses are the ones that have that are working on all cylinders. I, I would, I agree with you, but you still need. And I looked at the Bucks this past year because Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever, spreading the ball around, but he still had the option of. Chris Godwin, who can go over the top, and a big guy like Mike Evans. I think, I think the option of Odell still just helps the Browns, but the, but we just got to. I think they just got to improve on not forcing him the ball. And- let me take let me take that back. If he has his breakout year, part of it would be improving the team around him because they would have yeah. to account for him yeah. on defense. Hey, and he could have had. Yeah. No matter what, he's still getting double teamed. Every play this year. He, he does. He does. He always opens up somebody else out there because they have to still respect and I, him. And I feel like the first Bengals game gave us a peek into what they could be kind of together with the play action. Odell kind of going deep. Jarvis Dallas. had a great. I mean, Dallas was just like a, like, yeah, a, a freak. Like, a freak show. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, like the Dallas thing was just like, damn, man. Like Odell is still Odell when he, you know, when, when you can get him open. But, I yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, the draft. Too, I mean, the draft's going to tell us a lot about what Andrew Barry's thinking. That's that's what we're that's where we're at. Facts. So uh, speaking of which, uh, we're trying to work out logistics. But if we end up there, uh, we definitely got to meet up. Um, yeah. Let's. Uh, we got to do this again too. Really appreciate you having you on. Yeah. Let's yeah. Uh, before before we end this year. Um, let's do it. It's April fifteenth. <laughs> what are your guys's? Uh, Season record predictions Ooh. right now. For oh, the I, don't Browns. Wanna, ooh, I don't want to do that this early. Remember, there's 17, but it's why it's April. It's 17 games now in the season. I'll do it. I'll, I'm always down to do it. I'm them. saying 12, what, thir- 12 and 5. 13 and 4. Ooh. 
I know exactly what Rowley's going to do right now. So it, uh, no, because I don't screw around when it comes to records. I try to not get myself jacked up. Um, <laughs> I'm very superstitious. I'm going to defer until I can analyze what I've said in the past. Whatever I said last year, at this time, I'm going to think about that and see how I can like harness that juju for the Browns' benefit. Don't I bring said, that name up on this podcast. I said I said eleven and five last March. So oh shit, I, I was there too. I was there, I think I was I was right there too. I think I was yeah yeah. I think I said well, I'd, be, I'd be pleased with ten wins. But also thirteen and four doesn't sound good. Like I'm I'm all for seventeen games and yeah. I don't like it. It's thirteen and four sounds weird. It sounds weird. Yeah, dude, dude I can't a, believe they added that extra goddamn game. It's. Have you seen how the NFL operates? They love that money. That's another billion dollars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Raleigh, no, no more saying Juju on the podcast, please. Why? Uh, can, can I ask you guys a question? Can I ask you guys a question real quick? Of yes. course. What's What's the order of the AFC North? How about let's do that? Without record, Ooh, what's the right. order of the – because I heard them talking about this on a few shows today. The Browns were heavily prominent on like all the talk shows today. Order of the, of the AFC North. Because I have to go first. No records. No records. No records. I, I think Browns will come on top. I think they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. I think for the first time ever, when we play the Steelers in the regular season, they're going to be smelling blood. I put <laughs> Ravens close second, followed by Steelers, followed by Bengals. Which, but I think, there, and- I think there's going to be a gap between Steelers and. Uh, Ravens. Browns and Ravens are the two betting. I think Browns are plus 170. Ravens are like minus 110. So very close. Vegas sees it as a very close uh, race between the Browns and Ravens. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna come in hot. Um, and this is kind of based on the not no records, but the teams that I would uh, – I, I don't want to – I would rather play – or not rather play to the ones I'd rather play. Um, yeah. So from best to worst. So I, I'm going Browns first. I'm going Ravens. I think that after that Monday night game, I think some of these guys are sleeping with that scoreboard on their like bedroom walls because of how close that game was and how we were right there. Um, if he would have just taken a, a couple more wipes after his poop in the locker room, uh, <laughs> that was wild. That was there. That was a wild game. Wow. Um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Bengals in front of the Steelers. That's, um, so that was my hot. Yeah, my hot take is I think the Bengals come in third and the Steelers come in fourth in the division. Now the the Steelers are are too respect are too good of a franchise. They're not going to fall like a, a four in what seventeen minus four. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not yeah, just right. going to fall I, off the cliff. Like with their worst season under uh, Thomas was like eight and eight. Yeah, so, they've never been under eight. They've never been under five hundred with them. Yeah. But I think Burrow's the real deal. Uh, I think I don't trust their coach for for anything. No. But yeah, I'm going Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. That's the same. That's where I am. That's that's right where I am. I think the Steelers have a have. I think I think they just can't. I think Big Ben won't be able to get through the season. I just don't think that he has anything left in the tank. Yeah, and I think they're going to take our. I think they're going to take a running back in the first round. Like, please take a running back at twenty four. Yes. Please take like Najee Harris is great. He's a great player. Please take a running back in, in the first round. Please. I'm in for that. Oh yeah, I want him to be mediocre because I don't want him to tank and get that. That I saw well. I saw a mock draft today. Uh, Charles Castle or whatever had Justin Fields going to the Steelers at twenty four. I was like, okay, let's not let this happen. Do they always draft Ohio State players? They so do, but there's no way Justin Fields is going twenty four. We need to stop that now. Uh, no, yeah, no way. I don't know. I would never draft an Ohio State quarterback. I, I would never do it. I mean, they I have one on the Dwayne, Haskins. Different. Dwayne Haskins is on the Steelers. I don't think people yep. remember that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you go from like a team that plays 
Uh, we'll talk about college football later and how another podcast. Yeah. No, yeah. Chops, appreciate you very much, sir, coming Thank on. We're going to have all your contact info in the description of this episode. Chops, you can find him on Twitter. He's a co-host of the Complex Sports Podcast on all platforms. He is the deputy editor of Complex Sports. Once again, sir, thank you very much. Would love to do it again uh, throughout the year. And uh, that's where we end this here today. So good night, Cleveland. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.